we're on. I'm Thank Richard God. <laughs> Thank God. Senior writer for The Athletic, for those of you who aren't familiar, here with AJ Brzezinski, Eric Kratz. You guys are the regulars. I'm the one dropping in. Thank you guys so much for having me. Honored to have you. I mean, anything is possible when, you, when you're not Scott. Yeah. <laughs> anything AJ. is possible. I like that. AJ's AJ's just happy that Scott's not in this house. So it really could have been anybody, but don't take offense to that. Uh, Scott, it's, been Scott like a full, it's been a full week without Scott. So it's, that's a, that's, that's huge. My the fridge full, is stocked. Does he yeah. eat all your snacks? Well, no, because he has all these dietary restrictions. So <laughs> <laughs> he does have a lot of dietary restrictions. He, he can't, he can't eat like anything. Not, I don't know. I don't even know Gluten, where he, what he, right? I don't, he can yeah, only eat food. like, there's like five things he can eat. <laughs> almond, milk. Almond, milk. Oh. almond milk. Almond milk is all he can have. He'll have like almond milk and like some cheese and. No cheese. Oh, no cheese. Sorry. It has to be dairy free cheese. Vegan cheese. He can't have dairy, oh. gluten, or onions. So or I mean, the onions are like, the <laughs> onions are the weird. The onions are just weird. Onions are weird. Are weird. <laughs> air, air is free, though. The air is free at AJ's house. Well, guys, we got MLB insider Ken Rosenthal joining us later. Uh, it's going to be a great show. We've got a lot going on in baseball. Two and a half weeks until we're here in the playoffs. I love this time of year. But, you know, let's take it from the top. Let's go with the bigger news that happened this morning. Uh, as we sit and tape this on Wednesday, Mike Rizzo is going to stay in D.C., which I think people expected, right? But they weren't. 100% sold on. There was a lot of drama with Mike Rizzo, and he was able to kind of get it done today. Were either of you guys surprised to hear about that at all? I mean, this is something that people were kind of worried about maybe him going to Chicago. AJ, as you know, he's an outsider. He was never going to go to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys got on that? This is like the least surprising thing since Chris Getz was hired as the White Sox GM, right? I mean, them <laughs> bringing him back. Is this, this was reported – weeks ago i feel like and then there was you know tension all of a sudden and people are like oh maybe rizzo's not coming back i mean he was always coming back he won a world series there he's built teams they're on the upswing again with dave martinez who they brought back this was like the most non-surprising thing ever i think kratzy oh i think it's something that as soon as davy got his two-year extension you were like yeah um i mean just a matter of whenever rizzo's ink dries i think it's one of those things that I'm always interested, and I'm going to ask Ken this later, the length of it. Like the four-year – the four years, does that matter for a guy who's, I think, the third longest tenured GM in baseball or second longest tenured? And, like, does that matter? Do, do the Nats think, oh, yeah, in four years, that's when we should be back in playoff contention? Is there a plan even? Or is it just like, you've done a great job. I probably want to sell the team, so go ahead and continue the job. Yeah. But, Did he get four years? Is that out there? Four? I, That's a long time. Maybe, I, got, maybe I put Davey that got on two. I hope, I hope we're starting rumors on the show. Davey had two in an option year. And what I reported this weeks ago, because it was close, and then it wasn't close, and they made Mike Rizzo fire some people. Those were all the layoffs I reported on last week, 15 <laughs> people. Uh, they were like, Mike, you can stay, but you better follow along, right? So this was really interesting to me. And then, of course, he gets on the call today, and he said, well – you know, we just never got around to my extension, even though it was three weeks after Davies. We just didn't sit in the same room and get it done. If you believe that, I've got a bridge to sell you, right? Like, there's no way. There were, this came with specific things that Mike Rizzo had to get done. And there's a lot of uncertainty there in D.C. I know Mike Rizzo 
wanted to match Davian contract length, which would be three years. But I don't know, okay. guys, if it's leaked out what he signed for yet. I don't know if it will leak out. He gets really upset about that. I, I got a really angry phone call the last time he signed an extension because somebody else said what the length was. So then I, I got the phone call. I was not confirming that four years. For some reason, I thought all the all different the stuff that I that I read was... So I was not confirming that. And you know, you know better than the rest of us, like how this whole, how this whole, just, just everything around the Nats is, is just unbelievable. Even to the whole area down there with Angelos and what he's doing with the Orioles and the team is good. And it's like, now the Nats stink. So it's like, they never can be good at the same time. Like what would happen in the beltway if the Nats and Baltimore were good? Would like, would the stadiums implode? What would happen? <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned that because it never happens, right? Chaos probably is what would happen. I don't know. Would there be even more traffic I was on 495? Yeah. yeah. Would there even be more traffic on 495? What would they Most do with the people... TV? What would they do with the TV rights? Because they just oh. keep fighting over that. At some point, are we ever going to get this figured out? It's been like 25 years now. That's what's holding back the national sale is that they, you know, who wants to buy a team without TV rights in this day and age? Ted Leonsis wants to buy the Nats. He owns a TV network. How stupid would it be to buy a team and then not be able to put that team on your TV network, right? So that's the main <laughs> holdup here. So really the Orioles are, are holding on to this mass and dispute and they're screwing the Nationals eight way from Sunday because the Nationals can't sell their team. So they're living in limbo, even though Mike Rizzo said today, oh, you know, we never talk about selling with the learners. They're very committed. Like how committed could you be if last April you said, yeah, we'll sell the team. You know, we'll take some offers. You're not that committed. Hey, listen, there's a lot of people in Baltimore that would love to see the Angelos sell their team too. So maybe we can make, maybe we could do a two for one deal. Oh yeah. Buy one, get one. Yeah. Buy one, get one free. A little BOGO. Yeah. <laughs> BOGO on the, on the mid Atlantic teams. I love it. The Orioles though, of course, right now guys, pretty much running away with the East. They have huge series with the Rays, but the AL wild card looks to be absolutely right now like what a mess and mostly we could thank the al west right like we've got three teams here that are really kind of complicating things um you've got texas seattle toronto uh are the teams that are really in it and then of course houston just ahead of texas in the al west so uh, to me this is the most fascinating thing to watch down the stretch there's a lot of things already locked up you have texas being only 80 and 64 a month ago i mean they have to be on track to be one of the bigger implosions right now when it comes to baseball. I mean, they had a 99.9% .9 chance, I think, in June of making the playoffs. Now that's down to about 72%, according to fan graphs today. But they also just got hot. Let's not forget. Yeah. They won yeah. four in a row. They were on the outside After. looking in. They were, they, I mean, they went, and now they're kind of starting to maybe get a little traction to start coming back up again. Uh, it Listen, I, love, I want chaos. I love chaos. The National League has chaos also. But this AL wildcard, because of the West, and then you have Toronto and Texas playing right now, and so Texas won the first two in that series. So it's like, all right, no, does anybody really want that third wildcard? Because, again, Seattle took off, right? And I remember talking to Scott Service saying, did you guys peak too early? He's like, there's no such thing. But since they shot up to the top, they've kind of come back down too slowly. So it's a weird thing. Uh, someone's going to have to make it. Uh, the Rays and the Orioles are clearly in. The Twins are in. But who are the other two going to be out of those three teams is the question. Yeah. And I'm going to give everybody some inside betting information here, your BetMGM inside betting information. Whoever AJ is calling the game for, 
he brought some bad juju to those Rangers for the two weeks that you were around them. They were like, <laughs> AJ is so, he's just so much, oh, he's such a burden, all these questions, and he's always eating all of our ballpark food. And as soon as AJ finishes that game, that team's like, <sighs> but this blow to Scherzer, we hope oh. we hope it's not. We hope it's not bad. We hope it's not. But it seems like they've righted the ship. Is it enough? I don't know because they were riding early in the season. The Rangers were riding that like on not yeah runners in scoring position, batting average that was like forty points higher than the rest of the league, and you know that's kind of come down to earth. Injuries obviously, but if they make it in, to me it's going to be because of no name guys like Jordan Montgomery, you know, anchoring all the, all the trades and signings they made. And they're like, pretty sure Jordan Montgomery is going to mount our, you know, is going to who we're going to ride into the playoffs on, but really it's going to be Corey Seager. Corey Seager is going to make or break this team. And Marcus Simeon is going to continue to do what he does, but all that without like the bottom of a lineup, I just am, I have to believe it's going to be the Mariners. But again, they showed me, just like AJ said, they showed me like now they want to have a little swoon. They but they have the easiest, they have the easiest schedule moving forward. So that's the easy pick. All right. I, I wasn't on for two things. First of all, the twins loved when I was there because the twins went from like two games in front to like 20 games in front. So those two weeks they for the twins. Good teams. So fuck off, crap. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're in the central. <laughs> yeah, and then second of all. Out. I wasn't on last week. I didn't hear what you guys said about Kirby and his whole, like, oh, my God, I pitched 90 pitches, and no, I can't go out there because I gave up the lead. Like, it's a bad – that's a bad sell for me. Um, if you're a Mariners person, I, if someone obviously got to him and said, you know, apologize, and he came out the next day and said, I'm sorry, it wasn't me or whatever. But, it, it, you know, it just – you're in the playoff fight. You should want every guy on board of doing everything. So – Scott Braun loves the Mariners. Eric Kratz apparently loves the Mariners. So they're, an, they're the new foul territory World Series pick. I mean, I picked them at the beginning of the year as a sleeper World Series pick. And Saying they another you, one. They and made another you look one. foolish, but now they're getting better. I mean, they've got a lot of stuff going for them. I just don't know if offensively. That young pitching is so good. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. Um, as, as you mentioned, Eric, the strength of schedule is pretty good. Getting back to the Rangers, though, Max Scherzer, what's really troublesome, he left last night's start dealing with a tricep issue. Listen, I've seen this guy. I covered him in D.C. He had finger issues where he would just grip the ball differently so that it wouldn't hurt. He got hit in batting practice, had a black eye, then started that game hours later and then yelled at me when I said, are you still going to pitch? Of course I'm going to pitch. He's got an ice pack on his eye. You know, He's got a broken nose. He looked like Rocky, and he was out there on the mound. But this isn't his back. This isn't his hamstring. This is his triceps, and I don't see how you can find a way to work around it so I think they're in big trouble here. It's going to depend, obviously, the next couple of days what comes out about exactly what the plan is for a guy like Scherzer. But they went and they got him at the deadline because they needed him. And he's a guy who can up the ante, especially in the World Series, especially when you get to that big stage. With the Nationals, he was able to pitch without being able to move his neck. But I don't know if Scherzer, now closer and then ever to 40, is going to be able to kind of withstand this kind of injury to his arm. So I don't know. It's really trending in the direction of the Mariners. I think the Astros right now with the easiest schedule, 483 strength of schedule, probably going to run away with the West, which is crazy. Why do the Astros win every year, you guys? When is the window going to close? 
this weekend against the or this week during during the <laughs> athletics series like who who had them yes. losing the last two games against the athletics to let anybody in the a's come in and they're like oh great we have to play the astros who don't forget got swept by the yankees then they swept the series against the rangers and not just swept them they absolutely poured out a whole 55 gallon drum of whoop ass on them and then they go and they lose the first two games to the a's like, yeah. I, I don't know what this team is. I have no idea. The offense has gone cold against the A's. Waldachuk, uh, Sears, all those guys. Can AJ do some Houston games? Is that the answer here? I've been to Houston enough. I'm good. They Wait, don't. do you want Houston so to be I... good? Do you want Houston to be good or bad? Yeah. <laughs> do you want him to be bad? I, li- I like Dusty. I like the Houston guys. So AJ, I do too. We go AJ there every Houston. year. Oh no! Listen, it's already guaranteed. If Houston, if there's a playoffs, I'm going to Houston. So there will be a playoffs. So I will be in Houston, uh, for at least for the DS. And then um, even one year during COVID, I had to do the Braves and the Marlins in Houston because that was one of the bubble cities. I'm like, I can't even get out of Houston when it's a National League game. But Houston, here I come. I like that. <laughs> oh God, guys, we got our first player poll for the day. Um, if you want to take part, make sure you tweet us, um, scan the QR code on your screen, go to your browser and type in watchstadium.com slash foul territory to play along foul territory. Gosh, guys, I'm messing up. Adam Jones told me to let my hair down and talk some shit. And I am doing only one of the two right now. Uh, the the question is the most exciting team. Speaking of Adam Jones, the most exciting team to watch in the postseason: a, the Orioles, B, the Braves, C, the Brewers, D, the Cubs. No question in my mind where I'm going on this one. Yeah, of can I course. tell can Homer. I tell you guys? Homer. 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 I also covered the Nationals. They're not well, on the they're list. They're not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we already talked about them for 10 minutes. Yeah. They're not on the list. But look at this list and you look at what the Orioles have been able to do. Did anybody think this was possible? I mean, I think people thought they could sneak into the playoffs, right? We could talk about them as like a gritty wild card team. Guys, they're running away right now. They they're gonna have the best record in the American League. At this rate, this is crazy. If you look at it, I'll take That's the Braves. I'll take the Braves. They're not. Yeah, they're not running away like the Braves <laughs> are running away. The Braves are okay. running. Braves are clinching the division tonight. Possibly. It's, it's almost like away. oh, the Braves win again. Isn't it kind of dull after a while? No, oh, the question Matt, was no. Matt Olson is not dull. The question was most exciting. It is exciting yeah. to watch this team give up runs and hit so many home I mean they've already beaten the home run record what are we September 12th last night yeah they have the most home runs that's that's exciting now if you like pitching the the Brewers are exciting but that's my homer pick you can make a case for all these teams honestly I mean speaking of which but here's the thing about the Orioles you said did anyone see this coming well did you see the Yankees and the and the Red Sox being barely at 500 no so let's just say the AL East might be a little bit down from what we're used to seeing. A little overrated. Wow. Ooh. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying they're all – the Yankees and Red Sox, you know, the Red Sox weren't supposed to be great. But the Yankees, everyone was like, oh, they're World Series. They signed Rodon. They have all these, you know, Cole, Rodon, Severino coming back. We've got this great bullpen. And then, you know, they're fighting for last place with the Red Sox. I mean, that's a not exactly what we thought going into the season. So – Maybe the AL East was not as good as expected. 
And everyone thought the Blue Jays are taking the next step. They're fighting for their lives for the postseason. Yep. Due to injuries yeah. or whatever, right? The Rays have started off great, but they've, you know, they're still right there. They're they're fine. But are they? Is the AL East just a little bit maybe AL centralish? I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. All right, guys. Let's do our last uh last minute game time game. Uh where are you guys going today? You picking picking any team. Let's look at the slate. See what we got. You get in your private jet, which I'm sure Kratzy has, AJ has. I don't have. You get to go to a game. Where are you going tonight? Hey, I was on yeah. Southwest at 2 a.m. last night, so don't tell me about private jets. Oh, it's private. On... You had <laughs> yeah, peanuts. <laughs> 250, <laughs> my favorite people. <laughs> oh gosh, oh gosh. What are we? Uh, what are we going for, guys? What What game do you want to watch of all of these on the I'll, on the I'll, I'll go because I don't even need to use. Brit's private jet. I'm just going right down, right down the Northeast extension. The Phillies and Braves series. I am right 45 minutes from the stadium. The Phillies and Braves series, while the Braves have gotten the upper hand so far here, it has been a back and forth. One team, I think the Phillies were up 5-1 one game and the Braves came back. Last night, the Braves were up 6-1 and Turner hit the game-tying home run. Ultimately, the Braves came back and beat them in the 10th. This series, anytime you get to see a team possibly clinch, I love champagne and I love watching people spray champagne. So Strider on the mound trying to get his 15 strikeouts a game that he wants, especially he's going to be extra hungry because he's coming into this game after the kind of the first stinker that he's had this year last time he was out. And the, the Phillies, what they did to him last year in Citizens Bank in the playoffs, it's it's an exciting series and an awesome game tonight. AJ, where are you well, going? Britt, before you pick Baltimore, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take uh, – we already talked about them, the wild card series. I'm going to have to get my passport out. I'm going to have to take Kratz's private jet to get to Toronto in time, but I want to see Jordan Montgomery against Kikuchi tonight in Toronto. I mean, that's the biggest game on the slate that won't the most meaning. Uh, those two teams fighting it out for basically the third wild card in Toronto – has lost the first two, so they really need Kikuchi to step up and win the game tonight. Yeah. Well, are you allowed in Toronto, one? And two, the good thing about game time is if you lose your job, AJ, <laughs> job loss protection, so you don't have to worry about that, you'll get yourself the best seat available. Uh, did you have yeah, any issues Yeah, they let me ever? in Toronto. No. All I right. Didn't. Why would I? I All know. right. I don't know. Every time I cover the Orioles, somebody had an issue getting across the border. No. It was like, you know. They love me in Toronto. Did you guys ever ask Adam about the time they thought he was Adam Pacman Jones, the NFL guy? They wouldn't let him in? No, really. Yeah, yeah I, I will say this: we that. found out a couple times. Guys had like DUIs in college that nobody knew about, yeah. and they weren't allowed in. We had Alexi Ramirez when he first came over; he took four <laughs> days off because we went there and they wouldn't let him in from Cuba. So he just he stayed in Chicago. We flew to Toronto, played twenty four guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, and I'm not picking Baltimore with this. And by the way, game time is the best way to buy your favorite tickets. Fast and easy. It is the fastest growing ticket app in the country. I am going with the Rays. And the Twins, because I want to watch Dallas Keuchel, guys. A great story. I don't um, know if people realize. You don't want to watch Dallas Keuchel. I do, mm-hmm. though, because you know what? He was told to retire. He he changed agencies because they said you're all washed up. He was told to retire. He persevered. He worked out all winter. And he managed to get added to the, the Twins roster. I mean, yes, the Twins needed pitching help. Yes, the rotation is a little bit iffy. Yes, his ERA isn't great. But, you know, what I like is watching a guy who doesn't throw 98. Right, he's zigging and zagging and trying to use whatever bag of tricks he still has left. 
to get the outs. Now, I don't know how much is left in that arm, but it's also always fun to watch this Tampa Bay Rays team. It doesn't matter who they're missing. Shane McClanahan, gone. Wander Franco, gone. It just doesn't matter. They still win. And I know we're talking about how great Baltimore is, but to me, Kevin Cash deserves a little bit more respect. So make sure if you are going to the games, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code FTLive for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FTLive for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. But Britt. Britt, you better hurry if you're going to see Dallas Keuchel pitch because he's down 4 nothing in the third. Oh, God. So, That's the doing these live things. I can't you better hurry up. <laughs> he's out of the game. I got to get on AJ's jet. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> is that just that, really because I want to go to Minnesota right now before it becomes winter? You know, oh, I don't know. Where is that game? Is it in Tampa? It's 4-1 now. It's in Minnesota. You're not going to make it. Oh, I'm Matt Walner. Matt Walner literally just hit a home run right as you were speaking. Dinger. Ooh, damn. Awful. All right. Well, then I'm not going to go to that game. But I was looking at the list, and it's not the best slate of games today. AJ, you said this a little bit off air, but usually this time of year, there's like two or three where you're circling. It's like, I got to have three screens up to watch all these games. There's just not a lot going on today. This weekend, of course, a lot of big matchups that will have a lot to do with these races. But I got to be honest, guys, I looked at it today and was kind of like, eh, mid-September, a little bit of a lull here. Homers. Homers. Yeah, yeah. There's always a lot of homers. Um, I do wanna I do wanna talk a little bit about Matt Olson because we didn't get into him. We kind of went past him, but do you guys feel like he's underrated to some extent? I feel like we never talk about him as this great slugger. And now here he is blasting home runs, beating the Braves record. Um, you know, to me, people were so upset when Freddie Freeman left that it was almost like no matter what he did, he was never gonna be beloved immediately from that fan base, right? But look at what he's doing, and how can you not say, like, all right, this guy's pretty good, too. And, you know, maybe it's never easy to lose a Freddie Freeman, but, like, just look at these home runs since 2018. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Is he underrated, in your guys' opinion? Do we not talk about him enough? Look where Otani is on that list. Look at Aaron Judge. And then we got Matt Olson hanging out there atop of everyone. I think he's right where he needs to be. He's in the perfect ballpark for a swing. He went home. And he's replaced Freddie Freeman like a champion, and he deserves a ton of credit for it. And he's out there on the field every single day. That is why he's not overrated or underrated. He is out there all the time. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. We got Ken Rosenthal coming up when we get back, guys. But um, I do want to say, when we when we look at this right now, is there a pick for you guys? Wildcard, AL Wildcard, we mentioned it. Who's, who's out? Who's in? Quick pick. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle's going to get in. Tampa's obviously in. I think, oh, man, I love Texas. I'm going to root for Texas, even though. I'm saying I, Toronto's out. Toronto's out? I think so, too. I think they're just not going to be able to hang on. You look at the rest of this division, I think Toronto's got a lot of tough games left. But to me, that's just probably not going to happen. So. Welcome back. Richard Rooley filling in here for Scott Braun on Wednesday, September 13th. AJ Brzezinski, Eric Kratz, and the hardest working man in sports, certainly in baseball, Ken Rosenthal, MLB Insider. Ken, how are you? Where are you? Are you in Baltimore yet? Britt, I'm in Baltimore, and thanks for that. And I want to say that I am happy to have someone on this show who finally understands me. Oh, oh I feel so bad for you, Ken. You're at the highfalutin oh. four seasons in Baltimore. You stole my game this week, you bastard. 
I mean, I feel so bad for it. Let me guess. You're going to a nice dinner tonight in the Inner Harbor, you know. False. False. You're going to a bad dinner at the Inner Harbor? <laughs> no, I am going to be in my room working, AJ. You know that. Oh, okay, That's why I owe Ken. you 33 dinners, man. Okay, Ken. Uh, I know it's yeah. rough life at those four seasons you must stay in. <laughs> Ken, thanks for squeezing us in between massages. I mean, work calls. Uh, <laughs> you talked about the other day uh, in one of your newsletters for The Athletic about the NL Cy Young race, which, as you mentioned, is just very meh. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I'm, I'm pretty much assuming you're not a voter. You couldn't write about it. I have MVP, which is always very, very stressful. Uh, how do you feel about the NL Cy Young race as we get down into deep September? The problem, Britt, is that too often now we don't see starters going 200 innings and making the traditional Cy Young case. And the two best ERAs right now belong to two guys who are probably going to finish with about 180 innings. I'm talking about Blake Snell and Justin Steele. Zach Gallen, who Tyler Kepner wrote about today in The Athletic, has a greater number of innings, about 187, but the ERA is a good amount higher than those two. So... We're looking at a group of pitchers that doesn't exactly resemble Garrett Cole, who leads the American League in innings and ERA. That's the kind of profile that I generally look for. And I know ERA is not a perfect metric, and I know rate stats matter and all of these things, but at the same time, we're looking for the best pitcher. And it's a difficult thing to define nowadays because you don't have a guy necessarily going 230 innings and leading his team in that sense. It's just a thing of the past. People talk about expected stats, and those are all well and good, but I think AJ would agree, and Eric too, that this is a results-oriented industry. This is not about expected stats. It's about what you actually do. Okay, wait, Ken, you never answered the question. Who, what award do you have a vote for this year? <laughs> I can't say, AJ. I, can. I can't say. Wait, you can't? Nope. I'm not allowed to say what I have? No, you can, but I can't in this particular case. So he's voting Strike for the Cy it. Young. He has the NL Cy Young. That's what he has. Because he won't give us a winner either. You You're such a bully. Sneaky, you Don't little let sneaky person, you. Don't let Ken, blink twice. Blink twice if it's the NL Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but Brittany, what Brittany doesn't understand, though, is she just told us she has an uh, MVP she vote. She can say that. I can no, say that. No, I understand, but, but, for, but she doesn't understand it. She always understand. She doesn't understand that when once you tell me who you have a vote for, I always make you say on the air who you're voting for, and you never will. So now right. I want to know, Brittany, do you have NL or AL? Well, I don't know. I can't tell you. Oh, my Actually, gosh. AJ. Wow. Wow. <laughs> if I were a voter for this particular award, I would be at this moment undecided. I don't know who I would vote for I, I mean, right because, now okay, because it's wide open, really. The three candidates that most people talk about are the three you mentioned, right? Gallon, Snell, Steele. And they all have different pluses, and they have different minuses. I think if you would have said two weeks ago – Snell would have had this thing, I don't want to say locked up, but he was ahead of everybody, right? Steele has come back. His last couple starts kind of jumped right back in. Gallon's been Gallon's been kind of the most consistent all year. Snell got off to a rough start, had the real high, and now he's come kind of fallen a little bit. It, it's going to be crazy. Is there a way someone could sneak in that we're not even talking about? Have a Yes, and he's pitching and who, tonight. Who? Spencer Strider. Spencer Strider. Spencer the one. Strider, crazy strikeout numbers, rate, total, however you want to look at it. He has the widest margin between expected and actual ERAs among starters. So if he gets hot again, and he's had two really uncharacteristically poor starts in a row, if he gets hot down the stretch, not that it's really going to matter for the Braves because they're going to clinch any moment now, but 
I can see him becoming part of the conversation as well. He's been part of the conversation. It's just those last few starts have not been what we normally expect from Spencer Strider. And he's had some inconsistency all season long. He's had some blow-up starts, which all pitchers do, of course. But he has not been necessarily as consistently dominant as you would generally want your Cy Young to be. Just like all the other Cy Youngs, you said, it's kind of been meh. So what is going to be the separator? Because an MVP, MVP voting, it's like, well, who is the most valuable player? Aaron Judge was the most valuable player. How do you separate that with Cy Young? Because it's really just a dude playing on an area where there's no grass. Like, you know, he's just a lone, he's a lone wolf out there. So you can have a guy like Blake Snell on a team that's eight games out winning it. Eric, it's totally subjective. And that's the beauty of these awards. You can argue about them. You can debate them. In Snell's case, 2018, when he won the American League Award, I believe it was with 180 innings. Verlander was at about 215. It's a 35-inning difference or so. Not sure of the exact numbers. And Verlander had the higher ERA, but I felt because of the innings, he should beat Snell. Now, Snell won the award. Snell is going to finish with about the same number of innings, most likely this season, in that 180 range. In this day and age, that probably would be enough for him if he continues pitching as well as he has. He does have the highest walk rate in the majors, which is kind of crazy considering he's so successful. But that is where we are now. Justin Steele can't be ruled out either. He's pitched extremely well all year. He has been very consistent. Doesn't, again, have the innings portfolio that maybe you would want. But as I wrote, it's not 1973. It's 2023, and different standards apply than they did then. And as voters, the people who are voting for this award have to look at it along those lines. Do you have an amount of innings in your mind that, like, compare? You just compared Verlander and Snell, 35 innings. That's one inning a start. That is, while that may not sound like a lot for everybody who's watching, that is a lot of innings. So, do you have a like a separator? If somebody's 10 innings separating each other, does that does that sway it, or does it have to be more like 15 or 20? Eric, I don't go hard and fast on anything like that because it's just too rigid. You look at kind of a number of things, innings being one of them. But the year that it was Verlander versus Snell, 2018 American League, I felt 35 innings was a huge separator. And you said one inning per start. I looked at it as five, seven inning starts. And when you have that much higher a total, you'll have a greater margin for error, right? You're pitching more. So your ERA likely will be higher. And at the same time, that kind of pitcher, Let's use Gary Cole as an example. He is saving his bullpen. He's putting his team in a better position to win, not just on the day he pitches, but on subsequent days as well. And while that doesn't necessarily fit the definition of the award, which is best pitcher, it factors in for me because there is value in that kind of starting pitcher. Ken, you, you mentioned it to Snell Verlander. The year Snell won it, he was known as like a five-and-dive guy. I mean, he hasn't really changed because he throws no. such high pitch counts. Right, and, and the right. thing you always want, look for, and I agree with everything you're saying here, you always look for guys that could go deep into games. If you're doing, if you're doing starting pitcher for for Cy Young, because you want, like Kratz said, 35 innings. That's just saving bullpen guys. That's saving your team. That is just that is what you look for for the definition of Cy Young. How come there's no NL relievers that we're talking about this year? Is it just a down year for the NL in relief pitching? Good question, AJ. I haven't really considered any NL relievers. Obviously, we've had some good ones, Devin Williams being maybe foremost among them. He comes immediately to mind. But 
To win this award as a reliever, you have to be pretty much lights out the whole year. And I do not like voting for relievers for this award. It's just, to me, more of a starting pitching award. There have been exceptions to that, of course. We know that. But I don't see it that way. Some people will say the MVP award is more suitable for relievers because of the value they give their team on, say, 60 to 70 nights a year. I sort of see that a little bit better. But for Cy Young, it says best pitcher. To me, it means best starting pitcher. Wouldn't this be mostly, the year a guy mostly. wouldn't this be the year a guy could sneak in if there was a guy having a great year? Because like we talked about, there's not a starter having a great like a truly in most years there's like one guy that you're like, okay, this guy's having a historical year. Boom. He, he's the obvious choice. Well, this year, like we're we're kind of it's almost like we're trying to talk Ken into who he's voting for here for his NL Cy Young vote by talking <laughs> about all this. So this would be the one year you'd think in a reliever if there was one, but obviously there's not one other than Devin Williams that is having a great year where they could sneak in and steal one. Yeah, I don't see it. And there's not that kind of guy out there to really challenge the starting pitchers. In the conversations that you're reading about with writers starting to look at this a little more closely, you're not seeing much mention of relievers at all because it is a year in which there are a number of interesting starters, maybe not slam dunk Cy Young types, but guys at least you can feel comfortable voting for. Can we go to the your dork of the week from Fair Territory and <laughs> sure. talk about since we have a Beltway representative on our on our show here today? Can we talk about what you know about the how all of the Strasburg stuff went down, didn't go down, never happened, internal discussions? Well, Britt has been all over this, so I actually should defer to her. But I will give a rough overview, and then Britt can chime in with more detail. Clearly the Nationals wanted to do something for Steven Strasburg. They wanted to honor him in some fashion. And as Britt reported, once they decided to do that, there were some people who said, mm, do we really have to keep paying him if he's retiring? Well, the answer is yes. You do have to keep paying him. Through 2026, he has a guaranteed contract and you signed him. So that seemed to be what caused the initial backing off by the Nationals. Now, they, of course, deny that. They say that, no, we all always knew we had to pay Steven Strasburg. We would never even think of anything but that. Well, then why did you cancel this and why did this all happen? They can say, well, it got out in the media. Well, how did it get out in the media? Who do you think told the media initially? It wasn't made up. I don't think it was Strasburg. He's kind of a quiet, reticent guy. So it comes back to the Nationals and their ownership and their occasional lack of understanding about how the game works and how money needs to be spent. And the key line in that press release from Mark Lerner last Friday was, we look forward to seeing Steven in spring training. Steven is physically unable to pitch. You may see him in spring training if he stops by to say hello, but he cannot rehab. He's not going to be pitching in 2025. He's done. You know he's done, and that was a little bit of a jab. That's why I made him Dorp of the Week, for that jab alone. It was unnecessary, it was spiteful, and frankly, not the way an owner should be conducting himself. Yeah, Ken, and then, of course, this morning, Mike Rizzo walked it back and said, well, all we meant was he's on the team and we hope to see him this spring. And you and I and everyone else here on this show and listening knows that's not what they meant. But this is an ownership group that 
when they bought the Nationals, couldn't believe they had to buy baseballs. So, you know, they, they didn't know that that was included in the cost of buying a baseball team. So we are dealing with a little bit of an unusual ownership group. Uh, Ken, I, I want to get one more question into you. You're obviously in a hotel room because you're in Baltimore for the big series that starts Thursday. Uh, four games with the Rays and Orioles. This is pretty much going to decide the American League East, no, in your opinion? It could. And a lot depends, of course, what happens tonight, too. If this gets closer, if it gets down to two games, then this series becomes a little bit of a different animal. If the Orioles extend it on the first night of this series to four, then it becomes tougher for the Rays, and certainly they can win the next three and close it. All these variables are in play. We know that. And at that same time, once this series is over, there's still two weeks remaining in the season. So it's not over. But this series could prove decisive. Certainly, if you're the Orioles, you want to hold serve at the very least and split these four games. But the Rays are playing really well right now. They had an unfortunate game last night that they kind of blew. But overall, they're playing well. The Orioles are playing well. And that, to me, is what is so exciting about this. These are the two best teams in the American League. Not the Yankees and Red Sox. No, the Orioles and the Rays. And you look at Houston. Houston's not playing at the same level. Just got beat by Oakland twice, for goodness sake. Texas has had its problems. Seattle could be this team, but is not at the same level record-wise. And then in the Central, the Twins are good. I think they're better than they've been in recent years, and even in all those previous playoff years where they've lost in each case. But right now, it's the Orioles and Rays in this division and in this league. And that, to me, is what is so attractive about this series. Oh, is that why you stole my game, Ken? <laughs> now he's the bully. If only I had the power to. Oh, you have the power, game. Ken. You have the power. We all know you have the power. And you used the power to get me from going to Baltimore to the other two teams you talked about, the Yankees and the Red Sox. Did you ever see this coming where the Yankees and Red Sox would not only be fighting over last place this year, but they're fighting to stay above 500, both of them. AJ, it's shocking, and there's no other word for it. We've all watched both teams all year. We know that they're flawed in each case. What's interesting about both of them is that they have some young players that they're looking at right now, and that are kind of interesting. And the Jason Dominguez injury, obviously, is a real blow to the Yankees for that reason, because this was a time for the Yankees and the Red Sox, for that matter, to examine what they have going to 2024, and it's not hopeless in either case, as far as young players are concerned. But each team is going to have a lot of work to do this offseason. And with the Yankees, we've heard about this internal review. They're going to conduct their operation. Well, they need to do some things differently, and that's become pretty clear. They are too station to station. They are too lumbering in many ways, not athletic enough. And the Red Sox, they've got a great offense. They've got to fix their pitching. And my goodness, they need to play better defense and run the bases better. So... It is shocking, AJ, that we're sitting here even considering with Fox having two games on Thursday, Yankees, Red Sox, and Orioles, Rays, that one of those games is not as attractive as the other, at least from a competitive standpoint, uh, the standings. And that's where we are. And it's kind of cool for the game, honestly, to see this happen. It's really cool. And the Orioles are going to be good for a number of years. The Rays are always good. So the Yankees and Red Sox have a tall task ahead of them. It's not going to be easy. And don't forget the Blue Jays, who, if they ever get their act together, perform at the level that they're capable of performing at, are right there in this mix as well. AJ brought it up earlier in the show. I don't know if you were listening. Is the AL East 
maybe a little down. Not set, not taking anything away from Brits Orioles. They are a really exciting team. But is this AL East? They're not the AL Central. But are they not as powerful as we all thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season? And does it kind of diminish what the Orioles are doing? No, I don't see it that way. And the Yankees and Red Sox, for all their problems, they're 500 clubs. They're about seven games out of the wild card, each of them. And that's actually not that bad. It's just bad for them. So the division is ranked differently than it has been in the past. It's ordered differently, but it's still full of quality teams. And as bad as the Yankees and Red Sox have been in a relative sense, they're not the Tigers and Royals. They're not the A's. There's nothing along those lines. So I don't see it that way at all, Eric. Maybe we perceive it differently because the Yankees and Red Sox have been the sports superpowers in many years, and they're not now. And I don't know that we'd call the Orioles and Rays superpowers. But at the same time, when you have five teams that could finish with winning records, it's a pretty good division. Shots All right, fired. Ken, Ken. I know. Wow. He didn't say Ken. the White Sox. He said well, the Tigers and the Royals. you want me to mention the White Sox? Would you like me to talk about them? I'm not allowed to talk no. about them anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good idea. <laughs> AJ's in trouble. <laughs> Suspended. The White, Sox, the White Sox are a model organization in baseball for anyone listening. I don't know why anyone would say anything differently. Oh, they're, just, Hold on. they're just the model. Did AJ get his wrist slapped or something? Is I was not, suspended. Is it... I was suspended from Orioles games because <laughs> of what I said about That's the White what Sox. He said. <laughs> Sounds like you got a gag order on the White Sox to me. No, I told you what happened. I was supposed to do the Orioles game, and because of what I said, I now I'm not allowed to do that. They sent you instead. Or, or did I Ken and I did Ken and I realize you would maybe come to Baltimore and pull some strings and say, you know what, this guy's got to ship up to Boston. Yep. See you later. Mm. True. I don't know. Maybe. Brit, according to AJ, I'm running Fox Sports, so I'll just have to make some similar decisions as we go along here. The commish. Thanks, Ken. Yeah, right. As, <laughs> as always. Ken Rosenthal with nothing but the inside scoop. Uh, you can listen to Ken right here on this network, Fair Territory with Ken Rosenthal. New episodes drop every Monday. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, like, submit questions. Ken, once in a while, will answer questions from us lowly peasants who aren't Ken Rosenthal. Uh, guys, Always, always interesting stuff with Ken. I want to get into, whoa, wow. Those are some, all right, guys, we're going to go into the Shady Rays. AJ, I thought you, what happened? I thought there was a snafu with you. There was. I used to have, so these are my agent Rays. These are my agent Shady Rays. Since we're talking to the president of Fox Sports, Ken Rosenthal, I figured I should put those on. (laughs) Um, But I had the other ones. Scott actually left his pair here, these ones, which are more, you know, But but I was at the White Sox golf outing on Monday and I left mine. And so Shady Rays has a great policy, though. If you lose them, break them, they will replace them. So Shady Rays, I need a new pair, please. I mean, where were they in college when I was bringing mine everywhere and they wouldn't fit in my cute little bar purse? And so I just left them at every bar in East Lansing. I mean, what a great idea, honestly. I mean, the best policy going. People, people around Michigan State, you know, 20 people are probably wearing different various forms of my sunglasses from those years. So, yeah, definitely would have invested in those exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code FAL for 50% 
off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, guys. All right, AJ's getting some new glasses. Yeah, he is. I'm stealing Scott's until somebody, then, by the way. Somebody on that golf course was like, man, these are nice sunglasses. Oh, Keep yeah. You work as a cart more. boy? Oh, cart yeah. boy, you're cleaning out those carts. You're getting chargers, speakers, sunglasses, <laughs> 100 exactly. beer bottles. Yeah, you are taking it all. Are we burying the San Diego Padres or what, AJ? What do you, <laughs> I mean, what do you I, got? Oh, they're, they're, they're dead and buried. Ten games under, I believe. It's weird, though. You know what's funny, Britt? If you look at their numbers, they have, like, good numbers as a team. We just talked about Snell being a Cy Young. They still have Hader at the back end who's had a good year. I mean, Kim's had an unbelievable year. Uh, Soto's had a bounce back year. Tatis has been okay. Machado, I mean, he's been okay. They haven't been great. But you're just like, how does this team suck? Well, they can't win in extra innings. They suck in one-run games. Yeah. So it's just been it's just been an awful, unlucky year. And I know we don't believe in luck here on foul territory, but uh, it has just been a bad year for the Padres. Yeah, they've been done, uh, but it's official today. You go 10 games under with, like, 18 games to play, guess what? Stamp them. Yeah. We've been digging yeah. this grave. We've been digging this grave for a long time. But we've not <laughs> wanted to push them into the grave because – you, you look at run differential. The run differentials, one of the one of the positive ones, and there's teams with the negative run differentials that are in the last wild card spot or still in the hunt. The Giants, the Diamondbacks, and you look at them and you say, okay, why are they not winning? And there's some crazy stats of like 0 and 11 in extra inning games, and some other ones where like opponents opposing hitters are hitting. 405 against them with a 738, a 738 slugging percentage in extra inning games. They're six and twenty-two in one run games. Like it's like you 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 sit there and you go, why are they not winning? And the first thing in baseball, maybe not even maybe in basketball too, but like football, they don't ever say this. They're like, well, they just didn't win. It's because they didn't execute the X's and O's. But in baseball, it's like there must be a clubhouse issue. Sometimes it's just sometimes it's just not enough. The team didn't come together this year, and you can go visit their gravesite. But I'll tell you what, as you're visiting their gravesite, I know there's going to be people that are picking them for next year because this team is almost completely intact, and now they're not going to have the wear and tear of playing in postseason baseball. Yu Darvish is already shut down for this season. Guys are going to get an extra month to recuperate. Maybe a little NLCS hangover. Who knows what it is, but this team is going to be legit for next year. Yeah, you guys mentioned it. We don't talk about luck often, but there are people in there. I talked to someone the other day that said, if we started the season over, we truly believe we'd be better, right? It was just like, how could we possibly keep losing one-on-one games? How can we keep losing extra inning games? That core four, as AJ mentioned, has just been okay, right? Manny Machado, okay. Tatis, okay. Right? Like that Xander Bogarts. You look at this group, Juan Soto, and if two or three of them had had an Acuna or a Freeman year, we wouldn't even be talking about burying them. They'd be in it. So it's really the case of like nobody stepped forward and everybody kind of regressed. It was similar to the Mets. You just kept saying like, who's on the roster? Why aren't they good still? Right? It was so confounding. So who's, 
Brittany, who's having a bad year? I mean, a really awful year, though. For Not them. an awful year. It's all just okay, right? Manny he, Machado is probably going to get surgery at the end of the year. That, By his standards, that's a down year. When you have superstars that are having okay years, that's a down year. That's a down year for Juan Soto. It's a down year for Xander Bogarts. It's not a good year for Manny. Hassan Kim's having a great year. Yeah, he's he's like a fan favorite. My family live out there, and they're obsessed with him. Every time he comes to the plate, they just chant over and over again, like, Ha, Song, Kim. Like, which I didn't realize. He's like a cult hero in San Diego, <laughs> which is amazing. They have this team of superstars, and everyone loves Kim. Um, yeah, I don't know. The big question to me, guys, is do heads roll, right? Because they just signed A.J. Preller to a long extension. I don't think anybody on this show thinks that Bob Melvin can't manage. So what what do you do? As you said, Kratzy, like, it's always, oh, the clubhouse is bad. Or, oh, someone needs to pay for this. But does someone in the San Diego? Does somebody nope. need to pay for this? It's okay that they don't need to pay for it. I know you're looking at what's happening up in New York and, you know, in Boston. Oh, Bloom didn't even try or ownership didn't even try. Everybody wants to point blame at somebody. When you put together a team like this and you just lost in the NLCS last year, that means you put together a good team. It showed you last year you put together a good team. Now, internally as an organization, you need to look at it and say, Okay, Bob Melvin, is there some clubhouse dissension? Is there somebody that we need to get rid of? Not, oh, let me check my phone. What do the fans say? Oh, there must be clubhouse dissension. Oh, so-and-so is a bad teammate. They don't know. This is a completely internal thing that you have built a team. And to Preller's credit or discredit, whatever, he built this team. He's got to stand by it. And it's okay if you have a down year, a lot of things are saying it shouldn't be like this. You should be about 500 in one-run games. You should be about 500 in extra inning games. And to me, I don't think you need an Acuna or Freeman type of season to make it as far as you want to make it. They got Juan Soto last year, and he fell on his face as a Padre. Now he's turned around. Hassan Kim has now made – a huge adjustment. If Manny Machado is hurt and he needs surgery, he's going to have most likely have a better year. Xander Bogarts is one year into his contract and he's comfortable into the city. Like there's a lot going on. You have a potential Cy Young candidate in Blake Snell. So this team is legit. He's going to be a free agent. So they'll have to make some decisions pitching wise, but they don't need to fire somebody just because you don't win in one year. Yeah. AJ, you've been on, you've been on bad teams. Is it, oh, it always leaks out that it's the clubhouse, right? Like people always say, well, but like no. you're winning. No, listen, no, I, tell, I was in Atlanta 2015 and 2016. We were awful. We loved each other. We just weren't very good talent wise. I mean, it had nothing to do with the clubhouse. We loved each other. I mean, we had Freeman and Frank Gore and Kelly Johnson and, and a bunch of great guys. I mean, it wasn't anything about the clubhouse. It was just, we weren't very good. This team is, the reason this team is confusing is Gary Sanchez kind of had a bounce back year, right? Hassan Kim had a good year. Bogart's kind of had a down year. Machado's having an okay year. Juan Soto's having, you know, a bounce back year for him. Tatis has been okay, but Grisham's been kind of standard. Grisham's last year's Cronenworth's down. It's just the 0-11 in extra innings, the the terrible record in one-run games, that points to bullpen management usually and luck, bad luck. And will they continue next year? I don't know. Did they – think it was too easy after they beat the Dodgers and went to the NLCS last year? Maybe. But what do you change? You're not changing Bob Melvin, I don't think, unless he wants to retire, which he's not probably going to do. He lives in San Diego. 
uh, AJ Preller, I mean, they've already been through this a couple of times where he's made all these trades and hasn't worked and the, and the owners kept them. So I, I think they come back and try again next year. Juan Soto's got one more year. Machado signed a long-term extension. You, 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 maybe you got to find a bullpen guy if Hader, if Hader leaves, but, and you, you know, they're, they're going to bring back the same nucleus. And we said this at the beginning of the year about San Diego. We hope they're good because their team is locked up like this for a long time. One thing too, Britt, I saw AJ Preller. I think he has nine years as a GM. He has zero 90 win seasons. Wow. I don't maybe know. If it's, makes... Maybe it's ownership the loves him though. Really? Ownership really likes him, which is really right. what matters. And he put maybe. a good team out there. He's done some great moves. This is a good team that needs to play. That needs to just win, win more games. How about that? Like yeah. Fernando Tatis. All, all his shortfalls, you know, shortcomings and all the things that, you know, we talk about with PEDs, his offense is actually down, but I think he's rated as like the second highest defensive run saved in all of baseball. All of baseball. A guy that never played right field was supposed to be shortstop of the future is now this DRS gold glove candidate, most likely to win the gold glove out in right field. Yeah. It's remarkable what down years, like AJ said, these guys aren't having that. Well, they are for them, though, which is crazy. So yeah, RIP I mean, Padres. But, but, but hold on. I know you're a Machado guy, but 252, 28, and 84? I mean, that's – is that a down year? For that's him, you. though, look at what he did last year. But yeah, but last, year's all, last year was the best year he ever had. So yeah. looking yeah. at last year, look at the years. Been the, that's pretty much par for what he's done his career. But I think they thought, coming off of last year, getting that deal – being kind of the undisputed leader of that team that, you know, he put the team on his back last year without Tatis. I think people didn't really, you know, people didn't really realize how much so they missed Tatis. So then is it Tatis? Is no, it Machado? It, oh. Is it Soto? I think it's is all it of Bogart? them. Is yeah, it Cronenworth? Round it's and round we go. Fault. It's Cronenworth's fault. It's Matt Ray Carpenter's <laughs> fault. Matt Carpenter, you did it. It's Gary yeah. Sanchez. Gary Sanchez hit 20 home runs, and now he's on the – 60-day. Nope, definitely Gary's fault. I think it's starting pitching, too. Musgrove wasn't healthy all year. He's a huge part of that team, I think, behind the scenes, too. He's very vocal. Uh, you know, you Darvish wasn't good. He was inconsistent, I guess is a better way to put it, even before he got shut down. Blake Snell, as you guys mentioned, five and dive. I mean, there was, a veteran starting pitcher said to me, no one does less with more than Blake Snell, right? He should be pitching into the sixth, the seventh, but he's always that five-inning guy. And, you know, usually they coughed it up a lot of the time. So RIP to the Padres season. Maybe RIP to Boston, especially because AJ is headed there here in the next couple of minutes. Maybe? Uh, maybe. We've, I mean, yes, probably. We've already bought the we've already bought the plot for them. We just we don't have the we don't have the digger to dig the hole. I think later in this week we'll we'll put them in there. But there's a little you neither of you know this. Uh Jared Carabas or Carabas, whatever Carabas. his name is. Him and Todd have a bet out the steak, a steak dinner on some place in Hoboken or Roboken or somewhere, and whoever has a better record is gets a steak dinner. So it's between Todd and Jared. So I'm I'm excited to watch your your series now there, AJ. So yeah. hey, I was I know that I was on that show. I know. Oh, you were there when Jared Carabas came on. Yeah. yeah, we debated for five minutes how to how to we how to say him, his name. We were telling him how to say his own name. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you had it wrong your whole life. Yes. That's how it goes. Oh god, that's awesome. Uh, real quick, did you guys see uh, earlier in the week that Felix Bautista? It, he was previously shut down, partial tear of his UCL. 
Like Elias said Monday when I was there that they could still, he's still throwing a flat ground. So he could pitch in the playoffs, which would be really a big swing for the Orioles. I was looking at it. I don't think there's any team in the AL where a pitcher is more important to a team as Bautista is to the Orioles. Their bullpen is really, really shaky without them. Without what, him. It, what I can't figure out is how do some guys pitch with torn UCLs and some guys can't pitch? Like Otani has a torn UCL and his agent's like, well, it's a different tear than when he had Tommy John. Wait, what? I mean, a torn UCL is a torn UCL. Now Batista, Tanaka, Kratz, your guy in New York, he pitched for years. Remember, they were like, it's going to blow at any minute. Uh, R.A. Dickey, remember, had no UCL, but he pitched forever. Uh, it's, it's weird how some people can do it and some people can't. And if he comes back for the Orioles, it'll be a huge boost. Can you imagine they get to the postseason there in the first round, they're playing whoever, they get to the ninth inning and out comes Bautista and fans go crazy? I, I mean, it'd be huge for the Orioles. And, and it moves Cano back to the eighth, moves some other guys to lesser, higher, lesser leverage situations. So, I mean, this is huge if it happens now. If I'm the Orioles, I'm not counting on it. But if it does, wow, what a moment. I'm, I'm more thinking. It's like it's like we had already written this script, but it was for the Mets after Diaz went down. After Edwin went down, you sit there and you go, is he going to come out? It's going to be Timmy Trumpets. Well, they've since been buried. Now the Orioles have this whole Batista thing. I just am fearful of anybody coming back and – how long has he been out for, Britt? Three weeks? Yeah. Since he got hurt? So three weeks, he gets he gets ramped up here for another – most likely it's going to take him about two weeks yet. Yes, he's been throwing, but, you know, it, once you're off the mound, it's an extra however long you've been out. They just multiply that time. So he comes out in the playoffs. What if he's not 100%? What if he's not 100%? And I'm not saying that him at 90% – can't get guys out because he strikes out the world. Like I struck out once against him this year and I didn't even get in that bat. Like he strikes everybody out. <laughs> what if he's not a hundred percent? They're not throwing him in the sixth inning where you're like, okay, we're going to kind of protect him a little bit. We're getting down to nut cutting time here at the end of the season. You need him or you want him in that closer role. But if he gets three appearances in September and then goes, okay, I'm ready. He's closing. He's closing game one of the playoffs against whatever team comes out of the wild card bracket, and he's got to be 100%. And I'm just afraid that you piece it together with somebody else and you work him in. So I, I just don't know how it's going to work out, but, man, if he is 100%, that is World Series booster for them. Totally. And, you know, Michael, I didn't say, because the logical question is, do you have to see him before the playoffs start? Like, does he need to get into a regular season game? And he wouldn't commit to it either way. So you would think they would like to see him at game speed, because as you guys know, it's different, right? Guys are different. It's a totally different level than throwing a side session. So you would think they'd want him to get in at least one game. But then again, if they get down to it and they're in the LCS and he's like, I can go. You also are like, yeah, let's go. Let's roll the dice. I mean, they call him the mountain for a reason, right? Yeah, until, like, until, until he blows that one, one run lead and he, yeah. and he, he grabs his elbow. Oh, and then yeah. they're like, that was really oh. stupid. We should have pitched him. And, and, and we, you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but Damn. can you imagine if he comes out, yeah. right? And he's fine. Because listen, flowing off the yeah. flat ground, throwing a bullpen session, facing even simulated games. How many times have you seen it? Guys go do it. Even they go on rehab assignments. Their first big league game, they come back and they're like, yep, doesn't work. You can't do that to Felix Bautista 
because of your team's year, you can't do it without seeing him do it at a in a big league game before the season ends. If he can't get back on the mound before the season ends, I find it impossible to believe he's going to be out there. Now, can you bring him in in like the seventh inning if you have a four or five run lead? Maybe you do that, but you but you cannot bring him in if I'm Mike Elias and I'm Brandon Hyde and I'm Freddie Gonzalez and I'm the Baltimore Orioles in a one run lead in the ninth with this with the game and a division series of best out of five. Like it just won't happen. It's because it's, yeah. it's not like a Kyle Schwarber moment where you're like, oh, we're gonna. They're able to. They're able to put Kyle Schwarber into the World Series after he recovered an entire year with a torn ACL. But like the guy was protected at the DH position. You're. I don't see how you're putting Felix Batista with a torn UCL that he's been sitting out with in kind of mop up innings, like AJ said, in a f- four or five run game in the seventh inning. Like if that's the case. Sorry, Felix. We'll see you next year or surgery or whatever it is. To me, it's either closer or nothing. Yeah, I totally agree with you guys. So it'll be interesting. We'll see what happens there in Baltimore over the next two and a half weeks. Uh, But hey, let's slap some hands. I heard this is a thing around here. Are you guys in a gym working out together in that last one? I'm not a part of it. Oh, wow. What's, what's, one what, time we wow. made something super awesome, and AJ's like, oh, I'm not a part of it. What was That's super a, awesome about it? That was super awesome. Ring around the rosy? <laughs> how many times How many yeah. times has Scott Braun gotten to slap hands with Todd Frazier? Never. He got to do it in Todd Frazier's personal gym, batting cage, John. That's what that was. Wow, that's a nice personal gym. I'm, it is. I, gosh, big time. My garage gym is is nothing compared to that. All right, <laughs> we can go to Kratz right. Hats while while we're waiting. I got to we wear got? this yesterday while I was interviewing some uh, legends territories from the Pirates. So this is my Pirates BP cap from my second stint with the Pirates. So every day, Britt, I have a hat that is different, and so far we're into September and we started the show in February and I haven't reworn a hat yet. So, but I'm getting down to the end. I was going to say, and I do listen to the show. I know what Kratz hats is. And I, I was wondering if you repeated, are these all displayed in your house somewhere? They have a wall no, no, no. or something? No, my oh. wife, my wife has tremendous taste. So they are jammed in a bag and nobody sees them. <laughs> so every day you just dump the bag out and just rummage around or, you know, which ones you haven't worn. I'm Meanwhile, trying. Kratz, I wear the same hat every day, so. Every day. Do you wash, and, do you wash it? Why would no? I wash it? Okay. No, no. This is exactly how my sweating. husband thinks. Then it starts to smell after a while. No, he doesn't sweat. It's a two-hour show. Okay. Brent, thank you so much for filling in for Scott. You did awesome. You're welcome back anytime. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I promise, AJ, I won't come over and eat your snacks, though I don't have any dietary restrictions. So, you know. He already, he already wants you to... He already wants you to come over to the house if you're not going to have dietary restrictions because AJ feels bad when he's eating chips and Scott's over there judging him the whole time. I mean, forget that. I want to work out at Todd Frazier's gym. So I don't know. Make it happen. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Download the BetMGM Sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code FOUL. Sign up and deposit at least 10 bucks into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. And you place your first wager and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that bet loses. If it loses, your bonus bets will be available once your wager is settled. 
Gambling problem or concern, call 1-800-GAMBLER.